So what do I mean by processes and how important are they really? That's what I'm covering this week on episode 16 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. The Why, How, Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation. And from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the Why, How, Yes sales podcast, where I teach you how to get to the yes the right way. I'm Red Staffstrom, and I'm here to help you fix your broken sales skills. So today I really want to cover process. Um, most salespeople throughout my career, I've met a lot of different salespeople and dominantly, almost all of them tend to be high I personalities, high influence personalities. Um, if you listen to my episode recently that I did on disc personality profiles, you know what I mean. The high eyes, just to recap, are the influencers. They're the people who, they're the talkers. Um, I compare them to parrots often in my mind. They're bright, they're colorful, they're talkative, um, but they tend to have a difficult time with things like structure. Uh, some of the pop culture people I used was Scooby and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, um, Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles, Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld, uh, the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four. There's a whole bunch of different other pop culture references that you could find uh, where you can see these four. In fact, if there are four main characters in any show, odds are you could probably break them up along the disc profile. Um, it's one of those secret writer's tricks they don't tell you about very often. So what I really want to do is cover processes today um, and to talk about why there aren't many processes. Um, if you know salespeople, they tend to be the kinds, they're the Lotharios, so to speak. And while that's appealing to a lot of people, they're the ones who are really good at get, having a lot of relationships, but they tend to be shallower than the other kinds. Um, Rather than approach sales from simply a person business, I want you to start thinking about it as a system. Um, I wholeheartedly believe if there is anything in your business you do more than three times, you need to have a written system in place. Notice how much I emphasized written system. Anything you do repeatedly, you need to know how it needs to be done every single time the right way. Does that mean you'll get 100% success? Absolutely not. Nothing in this world is certain. But the more you have this process in place, the more success you're going to have. And why is that? Because you can't gauge human emotion that effectively every single time. There are so many different variables 
that without a constant, without a control group, namely being your process, you can't evaluate safely what needs to be added or removed. Think about if you work on cars or small engines, think about adjusting a carburetor. You're able to listen, does it need more fuel or does it need more air? And you're able to adjust what you need until you get it sounding the way you want it to. The problem with most salespeople is they lean so heavily on their natural skills that they don't focus on the learned skills. I don't wanna say learned skills, but I think that's probably the better way to phrase it. They, the skills they need to learn, the skills they need to hone. There's not really a system that they follow. It's more of instinct that they're following in many cases for these high eye personalities. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably conscious of this. You probably like to know what's going on with sales and you like to take it apart and put it back together and think about it the right way. For me, I always tend to think mechanically. I think of how things fit together. I know that when the camshaft turns, it'll turn the fan belt, the fan belt will turn the alternator, the alternator will spin a magnet, which creates an electrical charge, which will recharge the battery. That's how my mind has always worked. That's not always the case for everybody though. Most people don't think spatially the way that I do. Most people who are high eye personalities tend to think more uh, audio, or more linguistically than I do. So for me, I have to think, if I do this, how does it affect this and this? And by figuring out the process and by working hard to refine it, I'm able to see the way the parts really interact more like a an actual scientist than a salesperson. Um, my mother was an accountant. My father was a chemical engineer. Between the two of them, I've inherited, luckily, a very analytical mind. Not really great at math, but surprisingly enough, but I do have a very analytical, I really like to take things apart, put them back together. That has not been limited to sales or anything else or to mechanical parts or anything. I like to know how everything integrates. I like this to have that theory of everything. Um, I, I like reading about things like string theory on occasion. Um, not just to be smart, but because I like to have some framework of how I see the world interacting with everything. So when you approach sales, the more of that you can have, that more introspective, quite frankly, introverted personality, the more success you're going to have. And the reason is because you know what works and you can take out what doesn't. When you start creating a process for your sale, whatever you happen to sell, whether it's real estate, whether it's widgets, whether it's cookie monster tattoos, whatever it is, your goal is to narrow down and figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can't do that by just attacking your customers every time with a barrage of questions and waiting until you start seeing buying signals. You have to have a process that generally leads them. That's the sign of a true professional. Um, where I work currently, I work with a, one of the top coaching companies for real estate agents in the country, and the head of the company is Jared James, who's also the sponsor. And he has a phrase that I've really tried to adopt. It's, if you focus on results, you will get frustration. If you focus on process, you will get results. I'm going to say that again so that it sinks in.
If you focus on results, you will get frustration. If you focus on process, you will get results. Let's put this in the framework that everybody can understand, losing weight. If rather than focus on how many pounds or kilograms you've lost, rather than focus on that, what if you just track how many days you work out a week? Your goal, rather than lose 20 pounds, is just to work out four days a week. That's the entirety of your goal. That is the process. Now, by focusing on that four days a week, four days a week, four days a week, inevitably you will lose and get the results you want. But you can't have your focus on that 20 pounds because when you come back and you hop on that scale and you found out, hey, I didn't actually lose weight this week, you're going to be frustrated. Instead of focusing on what the end goal is, Focus on the lead measures as opposed to the lag measures. Um, this happens way too often in business. We're too motivated by quarterly reports, annual reports. Where are we in compared to our yearly goals? Rather than simply doing, it, we can usually just count the number of outgoing phone calls and outgoing emails we have to customers and reliably probably track our sales numbers. By doing that, by focusing on, I need to speak to 10 new customers per day, and the rest of the day I focus on upkeep of my past customers, by having those 10 new conversations every single day and having that part of your process, you will be way more successful than the most charismatic salesperson you have ever met. It doesn't matter how many closing techniques you use if you aren't following the process to get in front of new people. Your job now is to figure out what your day needs to look like in order to have the year that you want. And the only way to do that is to break down the process, learn what the measures are going to be, learn how many appointments you need to set in order to get X number of clients and how many clients you need to get to get your yearly goal. Now, once you know that, you can start refining your process in order to get appointments more effectively. And you know um, that I, I don't really like to say it's a numbers game because there's a lot of skill involved and it, uh, yes, it all evens out, but the top performers always outperform the lowest performers, but it will be a numbers game when you know your numbers and not average industry numbers. Um, those are a good place to start and to compare yourself against, but your goal is to exceed those. You need to have, when you're working at a car dealership, um, the stat that I was told is one out of three people who walk in the door will buy a car from you. Um, my success rate was a little higher than that because I had a specific process to qualify them, build the need, evaluate them, um, and pre-qualify them making sure that they're actually able to purchase a car. By doing that, I had a higher success rate because I didn't waste time showing them the cars that they wanted but couldn't afford. And I told them pretty bluntly um, that they don't want, I, I respect their time. I'm not here to show them something that they can't have and then pull the rug out from under them in the 11th hour. I want to make sure that we're doing this the right way from the beginning. That process that I had 
inevitably helped increase my results because I knew that I only have so many people walking through the door. I didn't have a marketing budget for Red Staffstrom when I worked at a car dealership. I didn't have a marketing budget when I sold security systems or when I sold door to door or when I sold fuel carts. I was not in control of that. So what I was in control of at that point was making sure that the phone number I have in front of me and John Smith was going to be likely to convert. And by, so the way I approached it was again, the carburetor method. I tweaked one thing at a time. I made sure that my introduction was as flawless as I could possibly make it and that I addressed a pain point as quickly as I possibly could. I made sure that I wasn't presenting to them, which is one of the faults in this industry where we have so many sales presentations. Um, I was consulting with them. I was talking about their problems and I wasn't force feeding my product as the solution to what they're having, the problems they're having. Um, I, rather than doing that, I was addressing and learning about their problems and tweaking my product as much as I possibly can or tweaking my offering to fit their product. Now, obviously, you sell cars, their problem is going to be they need a car. Let's be honest. But you can figure out a lot of other problems and figure out what package they're looking for. Figure out if they're looking for a home it may not be that they need a bigger home. It may not be that they need a home at all. Maybe renting is the better option for them. Think about what their problems are and what you can offer to help. Even if it's not you the one making a profit from it. Their problem may be that their current house needs a contractor as opposed to a real estate agent. By learning about what they're doing, their process and their needs and their problems and building a process that focuses on the customer rather than you as the salesperson, you're going to have much more success. Um, Think about your sales process the same way you would think about a scientific experiment. Try something for 30 days with a or with X amount of customers or potential customers. Um, what introduction works the best in order to get them to listen? What introduction gets you past the gatekeeper? What what closing techniques, as much as I abhor closing techniques and the Columbo close and the standing room only close, what actually works and helps your customer feel the most comfortable. For me, the closing technique that I found works the best and helps my percentage the most is giving them the option to say no. Too many times people talk to these slick salespeople and they try, okay, do you want to sign with my pen or yours? Trying to corral them into a sale. And that instantly puts their hackles up. My close that I use is generally, okay, is this something you're ready to move forward with or is it something you still need to think about? If they say they still need to think about it, then I actually ask what concerns they're having and I'm able to address those problems again. Without asking it that way, by asking them a corralling close, I make myself seem risky. They, I make it seem like, I'm pushing them and it makes it seem makes the alarm sounds go off in the amygdala. So my process has included a soft close as opposed to a hard close when I ask for business. 
Gears can be completely different. If you do real estate sales, or not real estate sales, if you do retail, ugh, retail sales, um, you probably have a one call close. That person is in front of you right now and they'll leave and they won't come back. In those cases, you may need to employ harder closing techniques. There's nothing particularly wrong with that. People who walk out the door likely are not coming back. They're either going to a competitor or not buy, or talking themselves out of buying it at all. So you do need to have a hard closing technique with there. The question is what works for what you sell, what your personality is, and what you l can feel comfortable with. Um, personally, I don't feel comfortable with bullying somebody into buying from me. That's not my personality. My personality is to help people. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, quite frankly. If I could not give salespeople a avenue to make more money, there's no reason I would do this. So I want you guys to spend some time. After you li listen to this, I want you to take 15 minutes and write down as much of your process as you can. At, write down what questions you ask. Imagine if you needed to train somebody tomorrow, whether you do or not. Imagine you have to refine it to a point where if you were hit by a bus and somebody had to step in and do this role, you were able to just hand them this document and they were able to perform. By doing that, by having it written and by having it structured to that degree, you are allowing yourself to tweak things a little at a time. Okay, what if rather than ask a question this way, what if I ask it here? What if I move this question from here towards the close or towards the presentation slash consultation? Again, I, I'm hesitant to use the word presentation because I'm not a big fan of monologuing to customers. But think about the ways that you can tweak what you do. Again, a little more gas, a little more air, a little less gas, a little more air. Tweak it however you need to until you start seeing the results. The only caution that I would give you is know that you're going to have to try it numerous times. Just because you have a no sale doesn't mean that it was in your control. Um, when I was selling cars, if somebody didn't have good enough uh, credit to qualify, there's nothing I could do. I could have done everything in my power and got them to sign the documents and got them excited to drive the car away, but because they had a credit score of 450, there was nothing I can do. I, I was doomed from the beginning. Make sure you're taking those things into account without completely taking those things into account. It's so easy to blame everything other than ourselves, but make sure that you are take, like you take those things in and that you don't say, oh, this doesn't work because it didn't work for one customer. Try it for at least a, a month, I would say. Um, if you haven't tried it for at least a month, you don't really know whether it works or it doesn't. Um, unless you're getting disastrous results right from the beginning, stick with it as long as you possibly can and track the results. What gets measured gets managed. You cannot measure, if you do not measure it, you cannot tweak anymore. So make sure you guys are focusing on the profit, uh, on the process, rather than just leaning on your natural charisma. Um, 
it's it's kind of like having one night stands versus having relationships. Somebody with a lot of uh, charisma can talk themselves into one night stands, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and quite frankly, a lot of skill and patience in order to be a long-term in long-term relationships. Now, one of those is very rewarding. One of those isn't very rewarding. Uh, one night stands are fun for the night and it's nice to have that little check mark sometimes but you get much more satisfaction by generating these long-term deep relationships. So I hope this helps. Again, if you do something more than three times, write it down. Make sure that you actually focus on the process and not just focus on the customers in front of you. You need to have that balance of not just focusing on results and not just focusing on the day-to-day, -day, but break down your time frame to something manageable, like a week, as opposed to the half hour you're in front of a client. Um, I hope this helps. Once again, this has been episode 16 of the Why, How, Yes sales podcast. Um, please be sure to like, to subscribe. Um, if you review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, it greatly helps. Um, it helps me show up a lot higher. Um, if you're enjoying this content, let me know. You could reach out to me at red at whyhowyes.com. Um, I look forward to talking with you guys next time on episode 17, where I will continue to help you fix your broken sales skills. The Why How Yes sales podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarja Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leads you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jarjamedia.com slash CRM.